good stuff. I'll put us on screen here in a minute. There we go. Good morning, David. Good morning, Doug. It's uh, rainy and cloudy outside in Charlotte, 79 degrees. A little traffic <laughs> outside this morning, and we are just going to move right on into this NBA regular season. How are you? Uh, well, th- because it's raining, I'm doing this show shoeless. <laughs> I had to shoeless walk. Doug Branson. I had to walk to the studio in this rain, so my socks were completely soaked. Had to ditch those bad boys. So, got the no foot candy on. Just the just the bare didge. You know, our listeners out in Seattle think we're the biggest wussies. And they <laughs> might be right, because if it's raining, uh, I, I'm never prepared for the rain. Before we start this fair show, oh, of course, mm. before we start this fair show, I have to, we have to look at this. David, I know you probably can't see it, but this is a tweet by our friend Betsy from Swarm Reserve from the uh, Hornets Gala that they did here in mm. Charlotte last week uh, for charity. Love a good gala. Love a gala. Gala, 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 FIBA, FIBA. Anyway, the picture shows basically the entire team. And um, you got to look at this later, David, because there's a lot of great shoe action going on, a lot of foot candy that I don't know a lot about. Oh, man. Um, okay. But it's the whole team. But I just want you to notice Jeremy Lamb, Nick Batum, Frank, Kimba, Dwight, Bacon, who we got Marcus, Travion, and Johnny O'Brien flashing the fig leaf. Fig leaf's everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? The two hands over the sort of the Adam pose. Ah, yes. I'm the fig leaf. Okay. okay. Yeah. The, really, the only ones not doing it are Cody, MCW, and Malik Monk, who looks like he's posing for his album. Like he is looking fresh, got the white sneaks on. Looking good. So man. this is this is when they wear their sneakers with. Their That's confident. See, attire, you know, right? you know how I know that Malik Monk is confident because he's not flashing the fig leaf. The fig leaf is the go-to. I'm very anti-fig leaf in pictures. Uh, I can tell. It's the go. What's the go-to move? Because you, you like. Well, what do you do with your hands, though? You can't put them in your pocket. No, just put them. Listen, when in life, when in life, do you fig leaf? It's an unnatural pose. You don't just walk every around. Every morning, every morning after I get dressed, after I brush my teeth, <laughs> I give a fig leaf to my entire no. family. I tell them I gather them in the living room as they sit down <laughs> and watch this. Going out the door. <laughs> but Malik, arms crossed, kind of in a power pose, looking good, man. I like this. Like a '90s R&B cover, like it could have been in like Guy or, uh, you know. Totally. Okay. All right, let's start the show. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cuz. We live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports as we approach the regular season. I know we've got some new listeners on board because I know all of the buzzamaniacs out there, the members of the Nest, are out there telling their friends, hey, this is the Locked On Hornets is the best Hornets talk you can get anywhere. So we appreciate all of the buzzing maniacs out there getting the word out. But I know we have some new listeners, 
And so I just want to tell you that we are on week daily, Monday through Friday. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever app you use to get podcasts. All you have to do is search Locked On to get this in your feed every single day. We're recapping, we're previewing every game of the regular season and uh, much, much more. So check us out there. I'm Doug Branson. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios and BEA beautiful uptown Charlotte, heart of the Queen City. I'm joined by um, somebody who's he's getting wet out there in the mean streets of Cotswold. David Walker on the road. David, what's going on? Yeah, monitoring the roads out here for you guys this morning. Uh, Can we get a live shot? Let's, uh, let's go full <laughs> local news here. If you're listening to this later in the day, it won't do you much good, but uh, just a little retrospective for you. Yeah, it's doing uh, it's a little gray, a little cloudy this morning, but that's all right. It's almost NBA regular season, my friend. Well, let me say this. If you are listening uh, in, in the, later in the day, come join us live at 8 o'clock a.m. most mornings on youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. And if you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, you'll get a little notification on your telephonic device telling you, hey, locked on's about to jump on here live, and you can join us. You can chat with us. If you haven't said hello to us in the live chat yet, make sure you do that. Send us your questions to the live chat or to Twitter, at LockedOnHornets anytime. BuzzBuzz at LockedOnHornets.com is the email. Okay, let's get this thing started. Let's start with some preseason updates. Four players were waived on Friday. That includes Terry Henderson, Isaiah Hicks, Luke Petrasek, and TJ Williams. The roster is now down to 16, which includes Marcus Page and Mango Mathieng, who are on two-way contracts, meaning there is a 15th full roster spot still available. David, do you expect the Hornets to look at anyone on the waiver wire, perhaps, with all of these injuries still lingering in the backcourt? Yeah, I mean, that would be the one spot that I would think they would be looking at as point guard. It's been such a hole this whole preseason. And even into the offseason, you know, when we started this whole thing. So that would be the one area that I think if they're going to add anyone, they'd be taking a look at some of these other point guards. Yeah, Isaiah Cannon, Trey Burke, uh, Samaj Kristen, uh, Bino Udrich, all on the waiver wires after uh, basically every team around Friday, you know, move move those mm-hmm. players off the roster. So those are some names you might want to keep. Doug, sorry, well, yeah. another guy that you mentioned, some, um, um uh, Mora from who's a Charlotte native. Um, it's, it's been he's one of those guys that we've always wanted to see. Yeah. I think make his way to Charlotte. I'm not sure if it makes a, a ton of sense, but they do. They they could look at adding adding some shooting. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what their uh, what their financial situation or where you know how much they could give to certain guys because of years of service that kind of situation. And even if, you know, maybe they, even with the injuries, maybe they feel comfortable enough with their depth that they can move forward. I mean, we're going to do some injury updates here in a second, but guys are getting healthier. They haven't lost anyone else. So, you know, they may just right. sort of soldier on and leave that roster spot available and and see what the, the beginning of the regular season brings. So I, I said, let's get to some injury updates. Michael Carter-Williams did some live five-on-five play at practice yesterday, a big sign of progress, though he isn't expected to be ready by Wednesday's regular season opener. His backup, the backup to the backup, Julian Stone, practiced fully. So barring a setback, he sounds like he could be available Wednesday. We'll get to see him uh, for the first time in in a bit. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, who missed the last two preseason games with groin soreness, said at practice yesterday it was preventing him from running. 
David, it was more. I think it was a little more serious than than precautionary. Like we sort of assumed yeah. that you had a little soreness. You didn't want to, you know, further aggravate it. But it sounds like it sort of it really limited him in terms of what he can do. He says he won't necessarily be one hundred percent by Wednesday, but a relief, David, that it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for that regular season opener. Yeah, and maybe you just hope that it like loosens up or it feels better once he gets going. But got to be able to run. Uh, running is is a is a key important important part of yes running uh, uh, jumping um that the, the pregame handshakes you got to be able to do those yeah man uh, it, that's the that's the worry with these preseason injuries like you just don't know um and and how guys are going to react so man it, that's one of the big things coming out of the preseason Doug they really need to get as healthy as they possibly can get everybody back on board here uh, as soon as possible, especially with Nick Batum continuing to be out. But that was a big takeaway for me. This, this team, again, you know, uh, the depth is not a strength right now. So so that's something that hurt them last year. Yeah, and I, well, I think you have to take into account, too, that the preseason has been shortened by the NBA right. in an effort to uh, get rid of some of these back-to-back, some of these four games and five nights kind of deals. So, uh, you know, they shortened the preseason, and, and that means that everyone's on an accelerated you, you know, uh, accelerated timeline in terms of getting their team ready. Uh, and it, it accelerates even more for the Charlotte Hornets who have to deal with so many injuries, which causes you to play all kinds of different playing groups that you may not necessarily even play in the regular season because you, you're trying to you're trying to manage minutes in the preseason. You're, you're less concerned with playing groups, but you'd still like to get the same guys playing together. Uh, Steve Clifford addressed this uh, in practice yesterday. Here's what he had to say. I don't see that any teams had all their guys playing or playing a lot of minutes. Um, these early games are usually a crapshoot anyway, but I think this year will be even more so. There you go. Crapshoot. <laughs> Total crapshoot. And, you know, we asked Rich Cho about this last week, Doug. I said, do you think this shortened preseason is an overall thumbs up for most people? And, and Cho echoed what a lot of people think I and he said he, he hates the preseason, which I get. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to play these preseason games, but that's a new challenge for these guys in the shortened time period, trying to jam all of this information into this, you know, shortened window. But like a like Clifford said, I mean, it's it's kind of always a crapshoot. And I think the upside of avoiding those, you know, um, condensed nights and games, like you mentioned in the regular season, is is kind of a necessary evil. If you're going to cut back on these, you got to make it up somewhere else. So if you're going to lose something if you're going to condense something i mean the the preseason is probably the thing to do all right quick reminder locked on panthers is a daily podcast on the carolina panthers you want to make sure you are subscribed to them as well as the panthers get set uh, to continue their season you know trying to bounce back from that loss although david uh I, i feel like the panthers after sunday still in a comfortable position in the nfc south am i correct in that Oh, yes. I was able to watch that Atlanta game turn out to be a big uh, win for the Dolphins and the Panthers, really, because as you mentioned, they were able to hang on. But yeah, didn't didn't lose any ground. So got to get back on the horse this week in Chicago facing Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, UNC, go Hills, go. Well, so complete the set and subscribe to Locked on Panthers host Bill Rossetti. Uh, knowledgeable, knows his football. Uh, make sure to check them out. All right, final injury update here. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, not technically an injury, just not with the team after leaving for an excused personal absence. Got a lot of people on Twitter asking about what it is, and 
And, you know, frankly, I don't know. The team isn't releasing details, and and, and I'm not going to speculate on what it is. Uh, it, it seems like a private, personal matter, and, and I'm sure we'll learn more when he does return. But that return date is a question mark. All I can tell you is it is an unex- it is an excused absence. It is not a dismissal or anything uh, dis- disciplinary, or at least it hasn't been described as such. And it sounds like we could be waiting past the regular season opener to find out more when asked if he was concerned about getting MKG up to speed when he eventually does return. Steve Clifford answered, yeah, it's not going to be easy. So even when Michael Kidd Gilchrist does finally return to the team, there could be a delay or, or or possibly working him into the lineup as we've seen so many times under Steve Clifford where guys return and they don't necessarily go back to the starting unit as they, they work up their minutes because he's been – it's not just not playing games, David. He's in, probably he's not been with the team. So that means not practicing, not conditioning, yeah. not getting ready yeah. for the regular season. Yeah, and that starting lineup with – him and Dwight Howard out there is something we've talked about in this preseason. Like, how is that exactly going to work just with those guys not being the, you know, on-ball offensive threats that maybe some of the other guys around the league are in the starting units. But, I mean, you got to fall back on MKG and he's been here, but if Clifford is already sounding that he's, you know, not exactly totally comfortable or or at least there's there's a little – uh, pause for concern there, then, man, you just want to get him back as soon as possible. And, of course, we hope that everything is all right and good with, with MKG and his family and everything. But um, just, you know, yeah, another just, thing they're dealing with. Yeah, no, another tough situation for the Hornets. In the meantime, Clifford sounds like he's weighing a few options for starting lineups without MKG for the opener. He could go with his preseason lineup of Kimba Walker, Jeremy Lamb, Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky, and Dwight Howard, or... He floated at practice yesterday a Kemba Lamb Bacon Mar- or swap swap those probably Kemba Bacon at two Lamb at three Marvin at four and then Howard at five for the starting yeah. unit because you want to and it, it could have to do with matchups you got to see who who Detroit uh, who was still trying yeah. to figure out their starting lineup who they're going to throw out. And maybe that's another thing to think about though, Doug. As long as he's back, right? As long as they have bodies like starting and, and, you know, who comes off the bench and figuring some things out, moving some pieces around, maybe not as big a deal as, as just having them available. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if MKG is here, they can figure out how to use guys, but not having them is a whole different thing. I mean, not having these bodies to throw it out there on the wing. We saw it last week against the Mavericks when Harrison Barnes had a big night. We've seen it kind of throughout the preseason when these wing players are going off and the Hornets just don't have the depth of the players to stay in front of him um, and contain him a little bit. So, I mean, maybe just getting him back is, uh, is certainly a good starting point and, and good enough to, for, to start the preseason, regardless of whether or not he's starting or, or playing. I, I think the minutes might be the same, but the starting rotation may differ a little bit. Well, David, we have to stop here and just talk about the fact that he would be comfortable starting Dwayne Bacon at all. And, and, and so much of that has to do with his performance in the last two preseason games, which he also got the start in place of Jeremy Lamb. He got 35 minutes, uh, 35 plus minutes against Dallas, six of 15 from the floor, 14 points, five rebounds, four assists. And at practice uh, uh, yesterday, Steve Clifford was gushing effusive praise 
for Dwayne Bacon. Here it is. He played two games, two games against, you know, and it's exhibition, so you have to temper your excitement, but, I mean, played all-around games. I mean, he just guarded Hayward. He guarded Wesley Matthews, um, and he did a good job. He has size, strength, toughness, um, and his purpose of play, if you watch him, you know, he is maturing quickly. He works better. He practices better. And, you know, he's from a work background. I mean, he played for Leonard Hamilton, so, I mean, he has worked. But there's a difference in purpose of play. Again, not because of coaching, because of the level. And, like, he's picking things up so, so much better than I would have ever, ever thought. <laughs> All right, there oh you go. Double M15 on the chat saying, what up, Nest? And Bacon looked good. David, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, man, two for four from three to round out the preseason against the Mavs, and I think that's been the the, the nice surprise as well. Like his three point shooting. If, yeah, I mean, if you can throw that in there with all the other things he's doing, the stuff, the uh, the box score, uh, that's a real find, Doug. Not, I mean, yeah, he's starting and he's he's contributing uh, other places, and I think that's really the reason they targeted him in that draft. You know, um, Cho mentioned that they had been looking at him, weren't sure kind of where they might be able to grab him. But needed the athleticism, needed that three and D type player, and he's performed as Clifford said, you know, better than expectations. But that would be a huge get because that's something they've been missing. I mean, that's the type of player they're trying to fill out their roster with. A more athletic guy can guard a couple positions, and man, if he can hit those threes, that's just going to be a big boom for them. Big boom for them. Yeah, scored twelve or more points in uh, three straight games there in the preseason. Uh, the first one off the bench, and then two uh, with the starting unit looked really comfortable out there with the starting unit. And look, we know that uh, to to play in that starting unit, you have to be able to uh, give that effort on defense. And and he's making the rookie mistakes. He's biting hard on sure. some of the pump fakes. You know, defense in the NBA just so many levels harder than it is at the college level when you compare it to offense. You know, it's just such a such a different thing playing defense on the NBA level. So he's learning, he's making rookie mistakes, but at the same time, he has I think the two key words for Dwayne Bacon, physicality and strength. Like he's not he's not afraid to get physical with people. He can move through those screens pretty effectively and he has the size. He he just he has that NBA man body right yep. now. Yep. Right at this moment, and, and so that allows Clifford to consider him uh, for a role uh, with the starters. And uh, yeah, going back to that three-point shooting, though, in the starts, six of eight from beyond the arc, and it sounds like uh, his teammate Jeremy Lamb may have given him the advice that sparked a little bit of this run from beyond the arc. Let's uh, let's take a listen to what Lamb had to say yesterday. He uh, was trying to get to his mid-range, and I told him, you know shoot the um shoot the three um and then once they come flying at you then get to your mid-range and um you know they end up not flying at him he hit two or three threes and then once they uh finally came out you know he was getting to his pull-up so i think he's played great shoot the j shoot the j shoot it uh and he did and yes those first few were were absolutely wide open and then defenses started to adjust and and that's the, the one thing that I noticed about Dwayne Bacon above all else is the ease at which he gets to the spots on the floor that he wants to get to. I don't think that Dwayne necessarily wants 
to shoot three pointers. I think he does. He, you know, you you only have to look at what he was trying to get to early, which is his mid range game. He loves that. He's got that very Dwayne Wade type of game. And but he can get to those spots so easily, and certainly his outside shooting is helping that. Okay, that's all. Yeah, that's all the praise right, we've got for Dwayne Bacon. I think that was a lot for a rookie, especially Have when you, you heard can... more praise from Clifford. Yeah. Uh oh, uh oh, we may we may be getting uh, the the rain. The rain may be soaking your connection. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. You got me. Uh, come in, red leader. We're we're gonna have to fix this. We're gonna fix this red. Okay, but uh, what were you saying about Dwayne Bacon? Um, his ability to get there to his spot with the ball is something you saw the other night. And to your point, like that's that that that's key for a young guy too. But have you ever heard? I was asking. Have you ever heard Clifford Gush the way he has that someone not named like Kemba or? <laughs> Or, or Nick or MKG on defense. I mean, that's high praise for a rookie from Clifford. Yeah, very high praise. I mean, he certainly is hedging it with, look, you know, there's a lot to learn, still a lot of growth, uh, but I think he's made that early first impression that he needs uh, to make. And Malik, you know, the other rookie, we, we've got to mention the other rookie, Malik Monk, who's made a fantastic impression on offense. Just there, there's a lot, I think there's a lot more, uh, a lot more road to go for Malik Monk on the defensive end. I think Bacon just with it, with his size and strength has a little bit of a head start, um, but certainly does you know. And then Bacon doesn't have the the offensive game that Malik Monk is. But let's just say how fortunate it is for the Charlotte Hornets to have two rookies that are performing at an NBA level when you absolutely need it the most. They could not have drafted better. At a at a more Absolutely. fortunate time, and, and you know, and there's there hasn't been much comparison with Frank Jackson, the player that they selected and then traded, swapped down to grab Bacon. But you know, uh, as as nice as it would be to have maybe another rookie point guard, I don't think you would swap Bacon out for for most of any of these second round guys. Maybe not some of these first round guys at this point. And for what he's given to this team, it's huge. I want to take a quick second to tell folks about something we've started here on the show. It's uh, called, we're calling it The Nest. It's run through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LOH. It's a way for you uh, to support this show financially, help us keep it going, uh, and also get added benefits. You're going to get access to interviews before anyone else. You will get access to post-game shows. We're calling it After the Buzzer. So you, you will hear us live as soon as the game is over, those home games. And uh, much, much more double entries into our ticket giveaway. So if you haven't checked it out yet, patreon.com forward slash L-O-H. Hey, hey Doug, Doug, tell the people how they would access some of that content because even I wasn't. I'm new to this. So they can, you download an app or you could do it via a web browser. That's true. Yes. You can download the Patreon app. Uh, I assume it's on Android. I know it's on iPhone and you can go to patreon.com forward slash LOH. And yeah, it's set up just like, you know, there's a feed just like all these other social media channels. And yeah, um, it, you know, you, there are levels uh, of subscription. And so things unlock as you move through those levels of subscription. So, all the information's there, patreon.com yeah. forward slash LOH. Good point, though, David. Yeah, got to keep the people informed. 
Okay, I want to move through this Mavericks recap kind of quickly because I feel like we've talked about a lot of the points that we would have talked about anyway, but the Hornets do get a win over the Dallas Mavericks on Friday in their final preseason test, 111-96. to Quickly, David, what were, what were your major takeaways from that game? Well, the overall takeaway for me, Doug, was that things are rounding into form. You know, I think Kemba had a couple moves in there that were midseason form-like. He mm-hmm. looked comfortable. He, he looked good. Dwight that Hezzy that that dribble yes. that he put on Nerland's Knoll. Oh, my God. I, I thought we had a shampoo. I got the vapors. <laughs> I thought he had. I thought he shampooed at first. And I approved this message. <laughs> yes. That was nice. As well as his – I mean, at one point, he, he almost did – he had his back completely turned towards the basket and somehow flipped one up. In oh, yeah. One. Oh, yeah. Um, so, he, he's, he looks ready to go. Um, that's a pro's pro right there. And Dwight Howard, man, diving on the floor, like in the second half, blocking shots, trying to get out on the break. So I think you're seeing those guys round in a form, which is some of the rust we saw shake off, especially for Dwight early in the preseason. But one big thing for me, Doug, that they still need to work on are, are these turnovers. They've had at least 14 in every game in the preseason, and I think they had 19 against the Mavs. So something, uh, you know, the mark of a Steve Clifford team is keeping those turnovers low. And you would expect that to improve as as the play and as the regular guys come in. But certainly, it's got to be something they're circling. Yeah, I think Dwight Howard's having fun, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. I, I think he's having fun learning uh, with his new teammates. And, and Kimball Walker seems very... Uh, he said he's never played in his career, not just with the Hornets. We knew, we know it was with the Hornets. He's never played with somebody like Dwight, uh, who is athletic enough to get up for those law plays, but, but not at Connecticut either. So I think Kimball Walker is is enjoying having someone of, of Dwight's stature uh, to toss the ball into and to screen for him as well. We know Cody Zeller is an amazing big screener. Body. Now now he gets two big bodies uh, to screen for him. And uh, on that, that Hezzy dribble play that I mentioned, that came off of a stagger screen by both Dwight Howard and Cody Zeller. And pairing those two has been interesting. We've seen it, you know, in spots. It's going to be situational, but you're getting some, you're trading off some things, right? So you're getting two big bodies to screen for Kimball Walker, but at the same time, it's going to reduce the space that Kimball Walker has to operate. So you're going to see it in moments when the Hornets need to get big, uh, and it, could, I think it could open up some things for for Kimball Walker. I, I'm I'm excited about that lineup. I, I want to see if that. If that ends up um, double in fifteen, saying the Howard dive was the best part of the game, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it shows you that Howard uh, is, you know, is giving one hundred percent effort, is happy, is satisfied, is is enjoying being on this basketball team uh, so far happy. here in the early going. I did want to mention that the Hornets, you know, it's preseason, right? So you don't want to take too much from any victory or loss. But I think the Hornets got a tough win on Friday over a team that wanted to get their starters. A lot of minutes, you know. Carlisle talked about it. Wanted to see the starters all in action for plenty of time. I think uh, Matthews and Barnes played 33 minutes. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and and Yogi Ferrell played over 26. And they were trying to tune up for the regular season, right? And there were a lot of matchup issues in that game. You had Frank Kaminsky on Wesley Matthews. You had Dwight Howard on Dirk Nowitzki. And the Hornets fought through that game and were leading after three. And then finished it out in in the fourth quarter. And most importantly, maybe is they came out of it healthy as as they work uh, these final few days to get as ready as they can for what is shaping up to be a chaotic first week of the two 
or first week or two of the regular season. And David, the Hornets finally got their shooting in gear uh, from from the three point line. It was they came into the game shooting like twenty eight percent, and uh, they yeah. finished this one fifty six percent. 56.7% from beyond the arc, 17 of 30. Nice to see guys like Frank Kaminsky and, and Marvin Williams, and Marvin. too, joining yep. the three-point brigade. Yep, a combined 70% from those guys, I believe. So Ow. definitely definitely nice to see something that's going to be key for this team, especially if they don't have everybody. But, yeah, that was good to get a win, uh, be back home and you know play against. And Dennis Smith did play. We, we talked about him spraining that ankle, but he said the North Carolina air – Helped him feel a little better, so he did play. So it was good to see. It was interesting, Doug. Did you notice when they had um, the smaller lineup in there for the Mavs, they were able to play Kemba and Malik Monk together a little mm-hmm. bit, which is which is an interesting and you yeah you've seen that exciting look yeah, yeah you you've seen that uh, in moments throughout the preseason as well and uh, yeah I mean it's it's the same it's going to be trade out you're going to trade some things defensively but offensively teams aren't going to know who to guard. That's there's going to be some moments in games this season where the the Hornets present teams with very difficult choices on the defensive end of the floor, and you know to me that signals the making of a playoff team if if they can get healthy and and stay healthy. So that's one of the things yeah. I learned from preseason. Double M fifteen wants to know our thoughts on Frank Kaminsky this preseason, David. Well, uh, you know I think we've talked about it, Doug. We kind of targeted him as a breakout guy potential just mm-hmm. because most of the other guys were, were more knowns and Frank maybe had some more room to, to hit his ceiling. But uh, you mentioned, I mean, there were, he was finally able to have some successful three in the last game, but it's been a bit of a, a bit of a struggle. Um, the shooting hasn't been there, which it, you have been good about tempering me on that. I mean, shooting should round into form at some point, but you know, Frank does take a little bit longer to get comfortable. He's had a, some tough matchups with guys yeah. out having having to play in there with Marvin and guard some of these quicker guys, that's always going to be a problem for him. So I think at full strength, when they have everybody in there and they can go more or less normal rotations and he can play his game, he's going to be all right. But anytime he's got to get out there on the perimeter and try and stay in front of these quicker guys, it's going to be tough. And I think that I think that does have some effect on him. At least I think it did last year. You know, if, he, if he's having a tough night on defense, sometimes he's not alone in that. Sometimes it's tough to, to bounce back on the other end. Yeah, totally. That that's where I am. I mean, he's certainly. I don't see the, uh, the 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 growth on the defensive end that maybe I expected to see from from some of the comments uh, early on in the preseason. Um, but I'm also I'm not concerned about shooting at this point. I just want to see how he gets into the regular season. Uh, Steve Clifford has given him uh, a vote of confidence and thinks he's going to have a great year. So I, I'm just in a, honestly like I get it. Like I get the concerns about Frank Kaminsky when you watch. You know he's still uh, making some of the errors on defense and and then you know when you couple that with with not being able to make it happen on offense uh, from beyond the arc and then he's also had some struggles around the basket as well. Like I totally understand the concerns from fans. All I'm saying is I'm just waiting and seeing. Uh, you know, just got to get into this regular season. And especially if if Frank is – I hope – I honestly hope that Steve Clifford opts to go with the Bacon-Lamb uh, starting lineup in this first uh, regular season game if MKG does not return. Just to let Frank get back into that bench role. I just think that he yeah. pairs better with Zeller than maybe yep. he does Howard and Marvin. Um, it, it just prevents, I think, some matchup issues that he's had defensively. So I'm just in a wait and see 
mode. Also, same with the turnovers. They've had some uncharacteristically high turnover games, 21 against Dallas on Friday, 19 in their first game against Boston. Uh, that's you know, Turnover is one of the central tenets of a Steve Clifford-run basketball team. It's painted on the practice floor wall. Don't turn the ball over. That's it. Like last season, the Hornets were tops in protecting the basketball. And uh, after the game on Friday, Clifford said, you know, it's a problem. And uh, you, 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 they they can't afford to turn the basketball over. This team is just not um, not going to be as electric on offense as, as some of these teams that can afford uh, to turn the basketball over. So they'll have to turn that around as well. So, David... Um, as we as we look forward to the rest of this week, uh, how do you feel about the Hornets heading into this first regular season game? Still cautiously optimistic. I mean, with all of the injuries and the guys they've had out, I think we've seen kind of what we wanted to see. I mean, one other big takeaway from that is the improved play of, of Jeremy Lamb. And, and we kind of skipped over him a little bit because he's been out the last couple of games. But when he was yeah. in there, Doug, I mean, he hasn't really had a, a dud of a game. And, and again, this is all preseason. But look, we needed to see some improvement and in, consistency from Jeremy Lamb. And I think we've actually seen that in this preseason. If he can carry that over, then that's going to be big for him and this team. But um, I think not a, not the team is not as he goes, so goes the team. But I, I do think that was a big issue for them last year. Some of those bench guys just did not step up um, on a consistent basis to help this team out. So I think you feel good about the starters, minus obviously Nick Batum being out. Like I said, Kemba and Dwight look like they've found their place, and they are still learning together. So I think that's going to continue to improve. But I think this team remains kind of where they were. Um, still, the East is going to help them stay afloat until Batum gets back. And we haven't seen anything that's overly concerning, minus you know some of the poor shooting, I think. All right, we are three nights away from the regular season opener. David, I'm excited. Uh, October 18th in Detroit, the Hornets will kick things off against the Pistons. And uh, we've got a great couple of shows for you coming up. Steve Martin will join us tomorrow. And then uh, the great Eric Collins will join us uh, on Wednesday morning uh, to give us a preview of that game and much more. And, uh, you know... Certainly want to ask him uh, what what I don't know if he's going to show us any of his cards, but I know he's got them. He's got them. I, I know he's been he's been hanging around some of these preseason games, just thinking of of bacon wordplay. It's one of the things I'm most excited about with this <laughs> upcoming season. We did get the big pat call uh, in the arena, DB for three, and no bacon sizzle sound. So maybe they they're leaving that. that. Maybe Fox, maybe Eric Collins said, "Leave that to me. I want the give me all the bacon stuff." So. Uh, who knows? But we'll talk to him on. Uh, he's 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 bogarting it. He's like cornering the market on bacon, uh, sizzle, all that stuff. That's all his. Um, so we'll talk to him on Wednesday morning. So you want to make sure you're subscribed to the show and listening to us every morning, every weekday morning, uh, giving you the best Charlotte Hornets talk anywhere. One more quick thing before we get out of here, David. Uh, the Hornets are celebrating the open of the regular season today in Charlotte as part of their annual tip-off tour. Dwayne Bacon, uh, Batum, Kaminsky, and Zeller are going to visit the uh, Novant Health Hemby Children's Hospital uh, from 2 to 3 p.m. Uh, from 3 to 4 p.m., Dwight Howard, Johnny O'Brien, and Julian Stone will be at McDonald's on Windover Road where they will take orders and help serve customers from 4 to 5 p.m., Jeremy Lamb, Mango Mathiang, Kimba Walker, and Marvin Williams will greet customers at Family Dollar on North Graham Street. And then finally, uh, Michael Carter-Williams, 
Travion Graham, Malik Monk, and Marcus Page will be at the Food Lion on Park Road from 5 to 6 p.m., uh, assisting uh, Food Lion team members Man. in various departments, such as stocking produce, got to get that fruit, and decorating cakes. So if you're around the Charlotte area and want to see a Hornets player get a cake decorated by Malik Monk, maybe, uh, you have the info there. Uh, so there you go, David. Players are going to be out for the tip-off tour. I'm ready. Let's tip it off now. What are we waiting Let's on? Let's do it. Yeah. we got to stock the shelves. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. And don't be stingy. Share this podcast with a Hornets fan. Save a Hornets fan's life by sharing our podcast with them. We're back again tomorrow with Steve Martin. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.